first day, first call I got back was actually a 22 year old overdose in his car. And, it, and the first thing is like, do I really want to go on this? Right. And get in the car. And what ends up happening is a lot of times you bring these people back and they don't think they're dead. And they wake you up immediately and they're like, why, why are you touching me? Why, why are you bothering me? I didn't do anything. And they're like, they start yelling at you and freaking out at you and start telling you, swearing at you and telling you to go F off. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, I'm just going to go back to the truck because just, you know, this is not what I want to be around. You know, I just saved your life when I couldn't save my own daughter's life. Uh, before I flip out, I'm just going to go back to the truck and just sit yeah. and relax for a little bit. So yep. that was the first couple of, I would say about a month was like that. Wow. Kind of like, I, you know. Yeah, right, dude. You know, just, just don't just say no to drugs because I just brought you back from the dead. You know, don't bother right. me and, and, you know, stuff like that. So it, it was tough about the first month trying to get through that. Hey, quick shout out to our primary sponsor for this episode. It is Peter Harrett. He's the author of The Rings of Hesseron. And here's an excerpt from his book. Check it out. The steadily intensifying rumble echoed through the river valley. Pierce stared in that direction, but the sound offered not a single clue to its source or the cause. Lauren, his wife, and their three children joined him on the high bank, all searching the murky sky as one. A mixture of wonder and dread of the unknown filled their hearts. As it neared the ground, the sound grew exponentially, roaring, snapping, popping, and shaking the bones of the small group of onlookers. Then the low-hanging clouds started glowing, radiating yellow light on the snow-covered grasslands. To the family, it seemed as if the sun was falling to earth. They watched in horror as a fireball broke through the glowing clouds and streaked to the ground. As it struck, the object threw up a frightening plume of earth and snow, followed by a deafening boom. The concussion wave that followed sent them reeling. Their world shook violently, and snow fell from the trees around them as they struggled for balance. <laughs> Gary and Pam, thank you so much for your time. Gary, you're a firefighter, CEO and founder of Pure Body Zen. Uh, you and Pam there are the founders of Promises Recovery Centers, and you're also the host of Good Dudes Podcast much more. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it, guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having us on. Definitely. I like with my shows to kind of go back a bit. Where did you guys grow up, and what was childhood like for you? Oh, well, I grew up <laughs> up around you. I grew up in Canada, Montreal, Canada, originally uh freestyle skier way back then and nice. wasn't even thinking about becoming a firefighter just basically i was trying to become a, an olympic skier okay so ended up doing that ended up breaking almost every bone in my body when i was up there <laughs> <laughs> so that i sounds... ended up i ended up learning how to rehab myself and through the gym and everything else yeah and, and then once i got tired from all that and tired of being cold from the arthritis and stuff i packed my stuff up and says florida here i come come on yeah that's a short and sweet about it my life, my childhood was, that was it, all sports, sports and injuries. Nice. How about you, what about you, Pam? I'm from Chicago originally, but I've been down here almost 40 years at okay. this point. Um, I was sales and marketing director with Marriott and got transferred to South Florida and then established myself here and then got married, had kids. Um, I was with Marriott for many years. So I yeah. was in Marco Island. They transferred me over to the east side at that point. So I opened up two major clubhouses. And then my husband says, okay, you're done. We need, we're going to raise kids and no more working. So that kind of put a damper. And okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. <laughs> so so um, then I did, I raised two kids, beautiful, two beautiful girls, Lauren, of course, being one. Yeah. And um, she was 
kind of like my mini me. She was a little, she was always, she was very smart, very into a lot of things, very street smart as well. Um, both my daughters grew up in a very affluent area. And the issue was that Lauren picked the good affluent, not the good affluent people, but the people that weren't that good. And my sure. other daughter, which is very successful right now, has picked the better part of her friends or lawyers, doctors. Um, so Lauren actually kind of found her way. We ended up basically worrying about, I was worried about her because I wasn't sure, you know, how she was going to be as far as a lot of her friends got into things that weren't right. She yeah. was a beautiful girl. Um, people, I mean, <clears throat> she was one of those stunning girls that just, you know, everybody wanted to be around. She had major, a lot of friends. Um, hmm. So just just to clear that up, I'm the second husband. I wasn't the original yeah, one that told right. her to stop working. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. I was, I was more like, it's time for you to get back to work. Let's go. <laughs> right. But no, I missed it at that point. <laughs> um, and then we basically, I think the issue was here, we did end up getting into the CBD industry for her. Yeah. Because it was a way that I'm realizing now, and we were looking for the proper way to approach this. Um it would have helped with her getting off the opiates. She sure. had a major car accident and they put her on opiates. Um, and she was the kind of girl that never ever would have thought of doing that. She would take a half of uh, opiate and break it in half of a pill. And then it got to the point where she met somebody. He was a heroin addict, very successful however, but some people function apparently from what I understand. Yeah. Like a normal human being. And she, they were together for many, many years, and finally one day she did it, and that was the end of it. So, wow, man, and yeah, I was, I was doing research for you guys. You guys got that call back in 2018, yeah. uh, you know, early morning, and and you know, unfortunately, she lost that battle with, with addiction. And I can't imagine being in that position. But you guys took some time off, uh, or Gary, you took some time off, and you went back to work. And the first call you get was a heroin overdose. You know, yeah. I mean, tell me about the day, like when you get that phone call and then you have to go back to work and, and you know, obviously you guys are doing amazing things now with Lauren's name and, and you know, yeah. the recovery centers and stuff like that. But what was that day like? I mean, I can't even imagine. Well, I was actually on shift that day when we got the phone call. So, wow. and we kind of knew she was in, in, out of rehab when I, I found out. So, so I kind of knew she was having an issue. So in back of my mind, when she called me and said, Lauren's in the hospital, it immediately went back, went, okay, I know exactly what happened. Uh, she'll be fine because my attitude was she'll be fine. I bring people back from the dead on opiate overdoses all day long. Like I do two to three overdoses per shift every third day. So it's, oh my not gosh. Like, it, it's, it's a big major epidemic, but it's not like if we get there in time, we're fine. We got them. Like we have it down to, it's almost like changing oil for us now. It's yeah. Out and, so I'm like, she'll be fine. And then she calls me back and she's like, no, I don't think you understand. She's on life support. I'm like, what? Well, that can't be. That's impossible. I says, yeah. if that's happened, then something major happened to where they didn't get to her. And so now that all that basic training is while I'm driving is just flushing through my mind going, what happened? Why? You know, there's a time limit we have to get down to. When you call 911, we have to get there in a certain time limit. You know, underneath usually about seven minutes, we have to get there. Yeah, be on scene, and I'm like, how, how, what happened? Did, who's she with? And all this is running through my mind as I'm driving up there. And then finally, I talked to pull the officer to the side, and I asked them because they wouldn't let us in right away. 
Well, it wasn't during COVID, but they wouldn't let us in to see her right away because she was in the back room. Yeah. And, and so I pulled the, the cop out. I says, why are you telling me she's on life support? Why? This is, it's impossible. She can't be on life support. He goes, no, she's on life support. I'm like, what happened? You guys were there. What? And then started flushing. And he's like, you just stand off. It's like, you know, I understand what they're drawing. They're just not ready to answer a bunch of A, a parent's questions, B, somebody who's in the in the industry now just bombarding him with the, you know, questions that they have no clue about because they're, they're the police there. They're, they come afterwards. They have no clue. Right. And the crew that brought her in is already gone. So I can't ask them yep. what went on. So, and they're investigating it. So they're not going to tell me anything. So, so it was a big roller coaster of emotions. I mean, sure. just not nonstop. Why, when, where, how, how come, what if, what went wrong? What do these people do? You know, you know, that's, that's the kind of day it ended up being for, for us. And it was just touch and go from there. And man, wow, man, that's crazy. And we had an incident, my, I was getting an oil change about two years ago and I was in the Bay where I had no cell phone service or anything like that. My wife's home with our kids and my son stopped breathing. So she can't get a hold of me. <laughs> so I'm not getting any wow. phone calls or anything like that. And then I pull out of the, the, the Bay and I have like 10 texts, like, where are you? Like Kai's not breathing, the ambulance on the way, you know, I'm like going, whoa, whoa. And she, then the last text says, meet us at the ER, like right now. And I'm going, what in the world is going on? Right. You know, and my son had a seizure and he stopped breathing and his lips turned blue. My wife was smart enough to not panic, but was able to give him CPR and get him breathing again before right. the ambulance got there. But I've, I think... God puts us in these situations sometimes where I'm kind of more like, I'm like in freak out mode, like what's going on? Like, so it was almost better that I probably wouldn't have been there. Oh, and that, that, you know, the, the first responders that came there did such a great job. And my daughter was like, I get to ride in the front seat of the ambulance, you know, like that type of thing. But yeah. what scary moments, man, as parents, it's you know, it, it, it's weird. Cause we're, I'm more the, uh, right now with my training it's i'm calmer like yeah. i'll freak out about something like you know where's where's my dinner more than i'll freak out about somebody having a heart attack beside me so sure <laughs> you know i'm hungry i want to eat when somebody's dying beside me i got this i'll take care of it don't worry about it i got it mm -hmm. and while everybody else starts freaking out and running around i'm like no just calm down we'll do we're, we're good we got this yeah but, but, but back to your question on the first day i got back it it I ended up the immediately first day, first call I got back was actually a 22 year old overdose in his car. And, it, and the first thing is like, do I really want to go on this? Right. And get in the car. And what ends up happening is a lot of times you bring these people back and they don't think they're dead and they wake you up immediately. And they're like, why, why are you touching me? Why, why are you bothering me? I didn't do anything. And they're like, they start yelling at you and freaking out at you and start telling you, swearing at you and telling you to go F off. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, I'm just going to go back to the truck because just, you know, this is not what I want to be around. You know, I just saved your life when I couldn't save my own daughter's life. Uh, before I flip out, I'm just going to go back to the truck and just sit yeah. and relax for a little bit. So yep. that was the first couple of, I would say, about a month was like that. Wow. Kind of like, I, you know, yeah, all right, dude, you know, just, just don't just say no to drugs because I just brought you back from the dead. You know, don't bother right. me and, and, you know, stuff like that. So it, it was tough about the first month trying to get through that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times my my buddy is a police officer, and and his first day uh, out on the you know the job, like someone literally died on his lap, you know, from a gunshot wound, and like you know, like there's so many things where you're like sent out to go rescue these people, and unfortunately they 
you're not able to rescue them. You know, how do you prepare for those days or are you even able to prepare mentally for those days when you kind of have to go, man, we lost somebody today. Uh, it's tough. It's a lot of times we put ourselves in a situation that it's, how do you say without trying to be negative wise, it's really not our emergency. Yeah. So if we take ourselves out of the, the problem, we become a better choice to the solution. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because we can see a bigger picture. We, yeah. And that's how we, we, we demotionize. We, we get out of the emotion of how it feels. And over years and years and years, it just becomes basically, like you said, basically me changing oil. Right. It's like, it's, you go from, cause what we do in my department is I'm part of a, of a special hazmat team. So I also go on a bunch of different stuff. We're dual certified. I don't know if they're dual certified in, in where you guys are. So yeah. We're paramedics and firefighters. Okay. So we'll jump from, uh, in a whole fixing a gas line to where it could blow up to like one day we did two gas lines, one fire and two heart attacks and an overdose. And it was like back to back to back to back. So we go from, Equipment suit, equipment suit, equipment suit, save a life, go back to equipment suit, equipment suit. So it becomes such a, a task-oriented position. In the moment yep. kind of thing. You, you know, just so do what you have to you, do. You just, yeah. It ends up being change the oil, change the tire, fix the carburetor, you know, and that's what it ends up becoming. So and then, unfortunately, that's what a lot of our firefighters become, and that's what we're trying to help with our company. Yeah. Is we, be, we become desensitized. Right. And we don't know about it. And that desensitization ends up going to families and then into going to other people. And that's why the highest rate of divorce is with firefighters and police officers, because we remove ourselves from people because, and people think we don't care. Right. It's, you know, it's not that we don't care. It's just that's where our fall back and go to, because that's how we protect ourselves after seeing day in, day out of this stuff. Well, and I wanted to, to shift real quick because you guys have this, like I said, that the Promises Recovery Centers, which specialize treatments in, you know, first responders and substance abuse, military uh, and uh, veteran uh, personnel, which I think is just awesome. But how can people get involved with you in that and, and support you in that? They can actually go online. They can research us. And we have a certain protocol, <clears throat> excuse me that we've developed that we know would help them. It's not your typical recovery because I've put Lauren in recovery centers and she's the one that came out and telling me, mom, this okay. is not working. Sure. You know what I mean? So, I yep. mean, and I noticed too, she'd be fine for six months and then she would fall back into, cause they're comfortable with the people that are other, they're addicted. Yeah. They don't know, they lose the concept of how to function in society. Yep. You know, and with normal people. So you have to reteach people how to live their lives and have a purpose again. So ours is built around getting these people in a situation where they have a purpose. They're yep. not any more afraid to, they want to interact with people of their own, of outside of their own kind. And, you know, our protocol is amazing because it's very holistic. Um, we have vocational. We teach them a a craft, whatever they need to know. We have agriculture involved. We have things that are going to happen, like management sales. So by yeah. the time they leave, they're very well rounded to be able to go out in society and not say, well, you know what? I want to go back out and use. Right. I have a purpose now. So, and that's what Lauren wanted because she's been to many funerals in her mm. young age, seeing her friends pass away and saying, this can't go on. Mom, we need to do wow. something. And I wanted a nonprofit so everybody can get help. Yeah, yeah. So, so the nonprofit actually was her idea. Wow. She passed away. So we, we actually started implementing the 5013C to get that in the, the application process with her, thinking that, okay, we're going to give her something to do, which will give her purpose, which will give her another avenue so that she doesn't go back to her old avenue. 
And that's when she ended up unfortunately passing away before we could get all that up and running. Our protocols that we created, they're all created. We have the staffing and everything behind it. What we're doing now is we're waiting, we're fundraising and raising so we can actually build the facility itself. Yeah. So once we do that, then we're gonna start implementing the and start implementing the protocols into that, which range, like she said, range everything from uh, fitness, health, fitness. Uh, we're gonna use the CBD help also because that helps with the nausea and some of the vomiting, and also some studies show that it helps regrow the neurometers that actually separates the brain when you take uh, opiates and drugs. Sure. So yeah. that'll regrow those and everything else. And so if people want us to want to actually help out, basically donation-wise, they can go to our website, www.promisesrecoverycenters.com. Just donate from there. And we're, that's what we're doing right now, just trying to raise the money to get it to the next level. If we could have had the source that we have now with the CBD, with the farm, we would have been probably through the holistic doctors and some of the doctors are saying that we could have probably saved her. She gotcha. would have, you know, but I mean, we were just too late. We had sources that were not what they needed to be in order to get this girl. I mean, there's, there were products out there at that time that were just not the way they, you know, they weren't strong. They weren't good products and all natural products. And so, and that's what happened. We finally found the source and then she passed away. So yeah, yeah it was tough. Yeah. Well, and you guys do have this, you know, you're the founder of Pure Body Zen, which is a, a high quality CBD company and, and probably much more than that. But there's so many misconceptions around CBD and I've taken it. I'm 41. It's helped me sleep. It's helped me get rid of some aches right. and things like that. And it's so many benefits. And, you know, with Gary, you've been in this CBD business really since 2014 or maybe even sooner than that. So you know what you're talking about there. But for those who don't know, what is this whole CBD thing? And, and you know, what are those benefits, especially for those first responders? Well, the biggest thing is that, and especially for the first responders, most people, when you talk about CBD or cannabis, it is the same plant. All right. right. So, so it is a cannabis plant. So we have those arguments that, no, it's not. It basically is the same plant. The only difference is they, they termed CBD hemp because it's going to be a lower THC level by a, by a federal law. So gotcha. you got the cannabis, which has higher THC, and you can play with your THC levels. The hemp part of the cannabis plant basically is a 0.3% or less THC, but higher in CBD content. The CBD contents are where they've done most of the studies showing it's an anti-inflammatory. It helps people sleep. It does all that, the beneficial stuff. That little extra 0.3% of THC, actually binds and opens up your receptor so that the CBD part can actually do much better work. Now, an isolate, which is no THC, still works. And again, that's where all the studies need to be done more on the product. And that's why we're doing our podcast and talking to a lot of doctors on this. Yep. Is to tell people that the st old stigma of the plant itself, of it's bad, it doesn't work, it, it's a gateway drug, it really is not. It's actually the, one of the most beneficial medicinal plants on the planet, and it's been that way for years. Right. Years. It's just been vilified back way back when, and there's a bunch of theories why. It could be because uh, Henry Ford built the first hemp car and, and the auto industry didn't want to see it, so they actually came in and you know squashed that and made a bunch of other vilified it and made it a bad drug and there's a whole bunch of different theories and you can go research it it's a pretty interesting story on how they, they made it all vilified especially in the, the 60s and 70s when the, the reagan came in and made the war on drugs they made it a war on marijuana they didn't make it a war on drugs they specifically picked on marijuana so that they can destroy the name itself yeah as as a firefighter the hardest thing for us is that you need to find a quality source and that's the biggest thing right now it's the wild wild west out there they're slowly cleaning it up but there are people like us 
where we built our company from the inside. In other words, as we started, it wasn't 100% legal when I was looking to research it, so we couldn't really get the right source, like we said. But once it legalized, we said, well, let's make sure that our stuff is 100% pure, 100% safe. The quality is what it does, and it does what it says, so that when I go to a fire department and they say, listen, I'm not going to take that. I'm going to lose, I'm going to pop a drug test, and I'm going to lose my my retirement you know i've been doing this for 23 26 years i'm about to retire and i'm gonna lose everything i'm not gonna touch it but i can't sleep i, I you know i want to hurt everybody i can't stand my wife we said those are the people that we need to give a product to that we understand it's safe yeah you're not gonna pop a drug test you're not gonna lose your job but we're gonna make you feel better so you can get back to your life and enjoy your retirement whether it's aches and sleeps and everything else so that's what we did. And once we created the product, it took us about a year and a half to create the interior. We then we started actually broadening ourselves out and started pushing it. And that's where sounds funny pushing with drugs and CBD. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's <laughs> <We> good. Started... <laughs> that's but awesome. that's where we ended up starting being in hospitals and we yeah. And the our biggest thing is we educate the people. We don't yeah. care. Whether you buy from us or not, you can always reach out and ask us a bunch of questions. We're not right. gonna, you know, we're, we're not, gonna, we're not gonna give you a sales pitch. We're gonna tell you exactly what it is. And when you buy our product, call us back if it's not working. There could be a way for dosing that it's not working because everybody's different. Yep. You know, yep. what works for you doesn't work for me, doesn't work for my wife. You know, women work differently with men. So dosing it in high dosage and everything else is all about, you know, having somebody there to help you through that. Yeah. Man. Also, I, I was checking out your podcast. It's the Grow Dudes podcast, which you talk about the truths of, of hemp and CBD, man, and cannabis and freaking awesome show, by the way. And uh, I think, did you just book Chong, man? Yeah, I, I had a couple of weeks ago, me and Tommy Chong had a had a little great interview. It was, it was awesome because he tells the whole backstory and he tells how he was he was actually vilified in his life and it wasn't even for grow. It wasn't even for marijuana. That was the funniest thing. They arrested him and sent him to jail for nine months just for making bongs no drug related charges that is it but since he played the stoner for all those years and he, they said it's your fault that everybody's smoking pot because you portrayed it as the good thing to do we're, we're, we're just going to come after you and destroy try and destroy your life and it actually made it even better because now his whole story his company is even bigger now and now they regulated t they made it legal he's laughing his way he goes now i can just sell it and no problem right man uh, that is so funny i mean i i grew up watching up and smoke man until oh, yeah. some dude from high school stole it from me my vhs copy and i was like what you know like <laughs> so, did, so did we it was, it's, it's funny and i got arrested when i was 18 for having a bong too i didn't have any weed they i got arrested I had to go to jail when i was 18 for having a bong man it was the yeah. wildest thing now it's legal in the state of washington yeah war on drugs we're gonna, we're, gonna, yeah, exactly. we're gonna arrest you for having paper and bongs and yeah, paraphernalia but if you have any drugs in you you're good to go yeah, right. yeah. oh that, man that was that was funny just to tell you a part of the story he said it because when the dea came and knocked on his door he, they asked him he goes do you have any marijuana in house he goes yeah he goes, where? He goes, every room. Right. <laughs> he goes, where's your dogs? And you're like, well, they're not ready for this. He goes, Pfft. he goes, good detectives you guys are. Right. But they, they couldn't figure out anything. They checked all the rooms. They couldn't find it. And he went in and says, it's right there. Oh, that's funny. Like, how can you not? It's sitting on the counter. It's not like it's hidden. It's right there. And right. They couldn't find it. It was hilarious. Oh, that is so funny, man. That's awesome. Well, just a couple minutes left. I always have to finish the show by asking a personal question because I am a huge music fan. So I love to ask this. What's a favorite band for you or favorite type of music for you guys? 
country music actually country music okay <laughs> yes uh, I, you know to be honest i have a bunch of different different yeah, he does. varieties i mean i a lot of people a lot of people listen to rock and roll and they work out i'll actually listen to a classical music when i work out if okay I heavy i listen to classical if i drive i listen to country if that's about it so i'm i'm all genres yeah <laughs> I'm all over the place i'm one of the yeah. weird people Oh, me, I'm all over. I used to be just straight metalhead guy. And then I worked for Universal Records back in the day. And they're like, hey, you have to listen to this stuff so you can like speak to it. And I was like, oh, okay. And it kind of opened my eyes to other genres and country and hip hop and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Gary and Pam, you guys are amazing people. Thank you so much for taking time and joining me on my show. You are absolute world changers. I so appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. It's our Thank pleasure. You. Thank you for having Thank me on the show. Thank you for having us, Eric. Thank you so much for watching the show today. I appreciate it. If you could, please leave a rating and review on our Apple podcast. The link is down below. That helps us get our message out, get the show out, helps us get ranked out there on the Apple podcast. Also, leave a comment below, man. I'd love to know what part of this show made the most impact on you. I respond to every comment on there. And please share this video, whether you're watching on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, please share it out. We want to make sure that we impact as many people as we can with the guests that come on my show and highlight those guests and what they've got going on and they're changing the world. So thank you so much for the time. So appreciate it. Have an awesome day.